In just a moment, I'm going to be reading from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, a very familiar scripture to uh, some people because we learned it as children a long, long time ago as the Great Commission. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. Uh, We launched this morning the final sermon series in our Setting Sail journey as we think together about being global partners and being a global church, and I'll explain that term a little later. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20 will be the reading this morning, and I invite you to stand together as I read this aloud and you listen prayerfully. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, as we uh, launch this sermon series about global partners, it's good to remember what we, the people around the tables in our, in our Imagine If series, uh, decided was our preferred future for us as a missional church. And I want to show on the screen uh, a reminder of what we put together as a congregation. First Baptist Church is a globally aware, this is, this is who we want to be. This is our preferred future. First Baptist Church is a globally aware and globally engaged uh, using its unique giftedness and resources to partner with the international Christian family, sharing Christ in every region of the world. We share Christ. That's our preferred future, where we're going. You know, I heard a a CEO of a Silicon Valley uh, company being interviewed this week, and he said, you know, things have changed in our world so much. When we started our company, it was not a matter of deciding to then go global He said the moment we created our company, in that instant that we went into business, we were global. We didn't have a choice. We were global. And I was thinking as I heard that interview that if that's true for a Silicon Valley tech company, how much more is that true for Christ Church? That we didn't decide to go global. We are global. The moment you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you became a part of of God's international family. You became a part of God's heartbeat for the entire world and for all peoples. When you joined this church, whether you knew it or not, you became a global Christian. When you uh, look at the history of this church from the moment this church was founded, whether they realized it or not, they decided to be global Christians. And we make that commitment, whether we're acknowledging it at a conscious level or not, we are global believers. Now, as global partners, it's important that we remember that Christ is above all nations, but Christ also cares for all nations. That that passage that doesn't often get quoted uh, when we quote the Great Commission reminds us in verse 17 that when the people saw the risen Christ, they worshipped him. I got curious about that word worship. And I discovered that it's the very same Greek word 
that is used at the beginning of Matthew's gospel, sort of like bookends, when the Magi, the wise men, came to visit Jesus, the baby, the Jewish baby, and these wise men from Iran, probably, Persia, East, these wise men from Iran come and visit the Jewish baby and they bow down and prostrate themselves. That's the very same word that is used here to describe the act of worship that the people offer to Jesus, the risen Christ. So at the beginning and the ending of the gospel, there is this acknowledgement of the sovereignty of Jesus over all the nations. That thought continues in verse uh, 18. Again, a passage we don't quote nearly as often. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth, not some authority, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. If you can imagine a giant striding across the mountains of the continents or stretching his legs across the oceans of the world, this is our Christ, sovereign above all the nations. This is the Christ who says, all authority is mine. But you know, he's not only sovereign above all nations, he's the one who cares about all nations. Again, I got curious when I read the word nations. All authority is given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore, as you are going, disciple all nations. The word nations in the original New Testament is ethne, from which we get our word ethnicities. So that what Jesus was talking about was not geographic boundaries, but all peoples of the world, all ethnicities, all kinds of people. Now, I want to be honest with you and say that I think that if we are going to be a globally aware church, this needs to be a place where we can have a calm and sane conversation about refugees and about displaced peoples, millions of them. And I'm not talking here about politics, not talking here about wrangling about politics. It's higher than that. Because this passage tells us our highest patriotism is to the Christ who is above all ethnicities, but who cares about all ethnicities. You know, I find an analogy in the way we have to do church here. You know, every Sunday we have to make sure this is a safe place to worship. Behind the scenes, we do a lot of protocols to make sure that you're safe and your children are safe when we're here worshiping. And that's a, that's a paramount importance. But, you know, that's not all there is to it. We have to also make sure that everyone feels welcome. And though the analogy is not perfect, it's an analogy that may help us understand that as a nation, we have to put our best minds to find ways to be a nation together to find balance between safety and hospitality. Because God has called us to acknowledge that every person is important. Every person has value and worth. All ethnicities. You know, our own Hispanic congregation is struggling with immigration issues. They're right here among us, members of our church. 
and yet struggling with difficult issues. And we need to know about that. We need to pray for them. We need to care about them. We need to connect with them. But to the text before us, imagine a Jewish rabbi telling 11 followers, all ethnicities matter, not just my kind. The love that Jesus has for all people. The gospel calls us to a higher patriotism to love all people. Now, if you know this scripture very well, you've probably heard a preacher or a mission teacher remind us that what the scripture actually says is not go therefore and make disciples, but the verb is a imperative participle that reads this way, as you are going, disciple ethnicities. Not go, but as you are going. That means that going into the world is not something we do on Thursday night once a month. As we're going is not something that we farm out to preachers and missionaries, like Ken said. As we're going is not optional equipment for believers in Christ. If you're a follower of Christ, it's part of your calling to go near and far and, and, and teach the gospel to all ethnicities. You know, when you buy a car, you, you get to choose the option of power windows or not power windows. And I can guarantee you, if you ever have power windows, you never go back. But you know, when you come to Christ, you, you don't get to, to check a box. You know, I, I want to follow Christ, but I don't think I'm really interested in, as I'm going, sharing him with others. It's not a checkoff box. It's not an option. Sharing Christ is more like the engine that's in the car that you buy. That's what it means to be a missional congregation, a missional people. We don't go and do missions. We are a mission. We don't go and, and do special projects. We are Christ's special project. It's as we're going. It's near and it's far. And that's where we come up with the word local. It's a blend of two words, local and global. I'll show you on the screen just for those of you who are more visual. Global plus local equals glocal. Now, I'm not the first one who came up with that. The first time I read it was a Brian McLaren book. And it's the idea that we are not distinguishing between missions over there in Kenya and missions in Jefferson City. Missions in your neighborhood, the people behind you where you live, and missions in Belarus. It's all glocal. It's near and far as we're going, sharing and discipling the ethnicities. And Jesus goes on and says, the way you mark out my followers is through baptism. And baptism is that powerful symbol that we saw last week. I want to show you a clip from my last visit to Ukraine back in September of last year and show you a just a portion of a baptism service and let you just celebrate being global Christians or local Christians this morning. Let's watch this and listen to the music. Yeah. 
по вере Твоей крестим Тебя во имя Отца, Сына и Святого Духа. Аминь. Брат Василий, веруешь ли ты, что Иисус Христос есть Сын Божий? Верую. Обещаешь ли ты Ему служить доброй совести? Обещаю. По вере Твоей крестим Тебя во имя Отца, Сына и Святого Духа. Аминь. Аминь. They went out and rented that tank for the occasion and filled it with water, and uh, it sort of warmed up, but it sort of didn't. If you think you had a tough baptism, uh, just remember it could be worse. Uh, you recognize Pastor Elisay there, uh, who was uh, helping with the baptism. One of the gentlemen being baptized had been prayed for by his family for over 20 years. And remember, most of the church that we're sponsoring in, in Lviv, Ukraine, are refugees who fled the civil war in eastern Ukraine, and they came to the hospitality of the people of western Ukraine, and there they've planted a church. And uh, by the way, after Elisei gave, uh, finished the baptism, he stood in the water and went through the plan of salvation and invited anyone else to commit life to Christ. And a lady who was there, who had been thinking about becoming a Christian, held her hand up and said that she was confessing Christ at that moment, And she walked into the tank and got baptized without even planning to that morning. And it was a beautiful experience. Uh, I don't know what she did for clothing afterwards. That's bugged me ever since. But, you know, I guess that's another sermon another time. But uh, it was a beautiful thing to watch. And Jesus intended this to be a very dramatic experience and a, an ex a universal experience, an experience for all ethnicities, all language groups, all people in a beautiful way. And Jesus said, you go and you teach them to observe everything. Teach them about Jesus. See, it's one thing to go into the community in Jefferson City and say, you know, gospel words need to be turned into deeds as we help people in this community. But did you realize that then we have to turn around and turn those gospel deeds back into words and tell them why we're doing it? To tell them it's about Jesus, about his life and death and resurrection to tell them it's about Jesus and his power to transform life. That's why we do that. And then a question uh, comes up when we think about global, local Christians. How are we going to do all this? It's going to make us so tired. What happens if we grow tired and wear out? And Jesus said at the very conclusion, I'm with you always. I'm with you always, even at the end of all the ages. The risen Christ will always be present to fortify us with strength, to give us his truth, to show us how he lives, and he wants us to love all ethnicities. Uh, I want you to notice how many times the word all appears in this brief two-verse passage, verses 19 and 20. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Uh, as you're going into all the nations, all ethnicities, 
All things are to be observed and taught, and I am with you all the days of the ages. All. The greatest privilege we have is to be engaged as global partners. I don't care what great project you have going where you work or in your life. This is the greatest endeavor you will ever be a part of. I don't care how empty and meaningless your life feels because you lack a purpose. You will never find a more more beautiful and comprehensive vision of what God is calling you to do with us as global partners because the risen Christ has mandated it and then he has said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And all of God's people said, Amen.